Is everybody ready to go? Mm-hmm. Yep. What episode is this? This is... 216. 216. Wow. <laughs> it's just that that awe moment of like, wow, it's one more number. Yes. One, and, one, mm-hmm. one higher number. And that we're keeping the numbers straight tonight because we've been recording out of sequence. So, yeah. 216? Well, now people know that. You just fucking oh, gave shit. it away. Well, but I like to let people see behind the curtain, Steve, because... Just a little peek. A little exciting Can't give it them. away. Yeah, it's just a thrill a for thump, them. Yeah. But uh, if you're listening, yes, this is Movie Schmovie, episode 216. I'm John. <laughs> Steve. I'm Ron. Hello. Yes. And <laughs> I am Mike Finazzo. We have a guest. Welcome. Hi, Mike. Welcome back on the show. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, folks out there might remember we had Mike on a while back when he was promoting <clears throat> his film Wits End. Yeah, it was like exactly two years ago. Oh, wow. um, Yeah, I was reminded on my Facebook uh, on this day. Yes. Two years. Nothing has changed in the world since the last time. <laughs> That's true. We got together. La La Lamb won Best Picture. Right. Hillary's President. Yes. Uh, Orioles, better than ever. Killing right. it. Yeah. <laughs> I see a ring in our future. Yes. So that's two years, though, for you to go from finishing a movie to now having another movie that's getting ready to come out. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, I'm kind of on a pace now where it's kind of doing a movie every other year. Because mm-hmm. I think when you're doing a movie on this level, it's like you're spending a year making the movie and then spending a year getting it out mm. into the world. Oh, wow. So, yeah, like I think like after I talked to you guys, I pretty much spent all that summer getting wits end into film festivals and mm-hmm. playing that movie for people. And about a year ago, I started this movie and now we're ready to get this one out. So yeah, that's pretty cool. So, so the next year is going to be all about getting people to see it. Yeah, exactly. I've, I've applied to a ton of film festivals. So yeah, this summer and fall will be all about you know film festivals, and then just figuring out how we're going to release it after that. So nice. exactly. Yeah. Cool, I'm so curious. What, what does that look like at, at this level of a film? And like, I'm assuming a lot of it was self financed. Mm-hmm. And like, when you get to the point that you've done your film festival thing, you've done your promotion and things like this. What does the conversation look like when you get to the point of like how are we distributing the film? Like, what is your exposure been? Either yeah. with Wits End or so with Wits End in particular, it was kind of weird because like it's such a small movie. Like yeah. even it's even more micro than the movie we just made in terms right. of budget. Okay. And, um, it's a very niche movie in terms of the subject matter. So it's like after we played at a few, a few film festivals, like we had like a few opportunities for like really small distribution mm-hmm. deals. Um, but they were like the kind of deals where we'd have to pay into it ourselves. Mm. And um, there's like no way we would ever make money off the movie. Right. We would continue okay. losing money. And quite frankly, not as ma- like we would still be doing all of the promotion to own, have yeah. people to see it. Like it's not even like, all right, you'll break even, but you'll get way more eyeballs on the movie, which mm. I would totally be for. Sure. Mm. Um, so yeah, it would be more of like, we would have a distributor in name only, but have just as much exposure as we do now. Mm. So for that movie, I just put out for free and we put a PayPal account together so people could just donate whatever they wanted right um which was like cool because like a lot of people still saw the movie and like we didn't like that movie was um so like literally no budget that you know it wasn't a loss on our end it was like we just made the movie to have people see it and they did and also with um with indie films and you know 
kind of in like the lexicon now of movies there's a lot of the the big movies are in the theaters and have these long theatrical runs and then indie movies go online anyway and really film festivals has become the theatrical run for movies like wit's end and right. you know board yeah. in the usa yeah. so you know wit's end played at like 13 film festivals and played in front of like you know a bunch of different you know, audience and different kinds of people. So like that was the theatrical run for us. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's the easiest way to get it out there. And like the most effective way was to self distribute, uh, distribute that movie. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens with this one. You know, I think that, um, we've gotten really good feedback from like bigger festivals so far. Um, oh, even ones that we haven't gotten like notifications from one way or the other. So like, there's a feeling that like somebody else probably will put out this movie, but I don't know what that looks like yet. Mm. Um, we're still so early in the process that, um, yeah, I'm just really not sure awesome. after the okay. film festival life, what it's going to be yeah. like. So. Yeah. What, what have you learned between the two projects just in terms of, development of the movie and all that stuff how, how um it? i think that yeah i mean you know like when in doing stand-up like there isn't as much like obviously you're learning stuff each time but right, right. for me it's just getting more comfortable doing it yeah absolutely. um like i think i was much more confident on this one like even when stuff was going wrong to um, know like well you know that we'll eventually get there or we can right. change stuff or um yeah, like I think it's just that self assurance is more there. But yeah, and then obviously like there's a million technical lessons every time you do anything and that's the reason to keep doing it too, yeah, is yeah. just to keep learning stuff. So cool. I think with this one in particular, like I'm just a I'm a little more confident with um just the process of it. So cool. well, um I can attest to that having been involved somewhat with the that, with the production john's i should have led with that actually so yeah uh your own john walker um did the music for the movie and it really is wonderful and it's almost a character in the movie to oh, wow. me, so well i definitely was kind of keying off the mood of what you were sending me so it was fun that back and forth but the reason i mentioned that was not i, I appreciate you saying that <laughs> but the reason i mentioned that was because i would say I, I i saw how like you know you would kind of keep me posted and there would be this problem and if i didn't respond quickly enough like, you know, you weren't asking me, like, what am I going to do? But you would say thoughts on this, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then I would be like, I'm going to tell Mike what I think. And then you, I would say something and you'd be like, I pretty much, I've already decided to cut it. Or, <laughs> or, or I'm reshooting it. Or we're, yeah, we're yeah. doing the audio again. So I do think you were being decisive. Like, you were maybe, it's not like there wasn't any wasted energy or wasn't <clears> any wasted time. Because I think when you're developing a movie that is so, like, dialogue driven and happens so much in the performances, you're going to figure things out in the shooting of it that were that don't exist on the page. Right, So I do right. think you changed your idea of what the movie was, but I noticed you were very responsive to all of those problems. And so every time you had a problem, it <clears throat> kind of seemed like it was clarifying your idea of what the movie was going to be. Mm. Because you actually cut uh, quite a bit of material that was written and, and shot for, yeah, the, yeah. for the movie, right? And some of it was some of the hardest stuff to get. When you were talking about doing that, I was like, oh, that's scary, telling those people that that, that great Saturday yeah. they came and everybody did a good job. It turned out great, but I'm not using it. You're you know? triggering my PTSD. Right <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. No, it's funny. And it's funny, too, that, like, you know, what, you're, what Ronald's saying about, like, the differences between the movies and kind of what you learn, and that was the biggest difference for this movie, is, like, Wit's End, um, I think there's one cut scene in that movie, and, like, pretty much the script you look at is what you see. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, like, it, it's just a different process and like learning to adapt to like different styles and processes Uh, or um and getting like more confident the more you do it with that stuff in kind of like working on the fly and changing stuff and Mm -hmm. what you're talking about with the story that got cut Mm -hmm. um 
just being able to say, all right, this is going off the rails a little bit. How do we fix that on the fly and be able, being able to do that? Mm-hmm. I just mean that the confidence to say, I'm going to make this decision rather than continuing to work with something just because we, we tried hard. Right. And so it's almost like you were realizing that the decision to include that stuff in the story in the first place was was you weren't sure what the material was yet you know yeah and i think and we're being vague about it so is right. it okay if i clarify yeah other... I, I didn't know how yeah. much you wanted to clarify no, it's okay that's fine i just uh i just it's weird to be like yeah remember when you cut that thing yeah it was yeah. a thing that we yes. cut like an entire but, b plot yeah 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 so there the way the the because we haven't really said what the movie's about say, let's, but, na- let's say what the name of the movie yeah, the is movies, too. yeah we're all such pros <laughs> you dropped it you dropped it yeah. earlier you did, did say I? Okay. Yeah. okay uh board of the usa is the movie um, it warrants repeating. I'm glad I'm doing this podcast first because I have a ton of press next week. And yeah. This is this is batting practice. <laughs> right. yeah, I re- That's what we kind of promote yeah. ourselves as. Yes. The U.S. as just the yeah, batting the game. Launch, yeah. It matters not. Yeah. We're what they call <laughs> a starter <laughs> podcast. Just put another quarter in and hit the buttons. Yeah. Try again. When I'm on Dan Rodericks next week, I'm going to have mm-hmm. notes being like, yeah. say the name of the movie. Yes. Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love this show. And <laughs> um, I think highly of you guys. So I, you. I, just don't, I also listener. love my batting cage. Well. I just don't want your listeners to be like, man, Mike's a dick. Yeah, right. Shitting on our movie screen? Yeah. They're very uh, protective, all yeah. five of them. Um, but yeah, Anyone who listens religiously knows we deserve it just a little bit. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, so, yeah, the movie's Board of the USA, and as the movie is now, it's uh, it's a story about two people that essentially spend the day together um, and, and connect over a day and kind of uh, commiserate in some ways and um, just try to figure out, you know, what's going on with their own lives through this day together. Um, that was actually the original concept for the movie. Um, and originally like the premise for the film was an older guy spends a day with a younger Indian woman before she leaves the country and we couldn't cast the woman. Oh. We tried about a year ago. We couldn't find either someone that was, you know, good enough or fit the part or wanted to do it. We had a great actress that turned us down. She just didn't have time to do it. Um, so uh, what ended up happening was we adjusted the story to be like, all right, so maybe what do I have to start with? Like, what do we have going for us? I know a great actress, Kelly Lloyd, was in Wits End. She was in my short film, Monsa. Maybe I'll change it to uh, it's about the the wife and that situation and she spends a day with somebody so maybe it's her and a dude and we'll also still have the older guy in the story and we'll show a little bit of his side of the story so we were making adjustments based on cast we had Mm. um and what ended up happening was that b story which was about the older dude ended up just getting cut completely so like if you look at the movie as it is now it's the original script that there's just a gender reversal um but yeah we shot like a whole you know, 30 or 40 minutes of the movie that just didn't work and uh, no fault of the actors. Like they're all great, but, um, yeah, there were some tough conversations and a lot of me Yikes. going, a yeah. lot of me, Facebook messaging, messaging John, like, you sure this is cool? Like, you know, <laughs> and, and well, that's like the other thing too, is like you learn, um, 
to trust your instincts when yeah. you say like i think this is the right way to do it and then everybody else is like yeah we knew that <laughs> like mm-hmm. yeah like you know when i you know talk to john about like i don't think this is working i think we should cut it you know usually he was like yeah i think you should cut it, <laughs> it, was, it was like actors in the movie yeah. like that i would talk to would be like yeah that didn't work like wow. after the fact so mm. ultimately the movie became what it originally was and what it should be and evolved into something else it's almost like you could make a separate short out of the yeah, stuff you yeah. cut so maybe for the for the eventual blu-ray or and dvd thought, release yeah. <laughs> and i've thought about that and even like in promoting the movie like yeah. there's some isolated clips that really work well as scenes mm-hmm. that i might share with folks um there's a lot of really good performances in there the thing i'm proud if of i have is to write like, score for that that's when my rates go way up <laughs> <laughs> you have rates yeah, um, i know but um <laughs> But, buy me buy me a sandwich. Yeah. Uh, more pizza at the yeah. Finazzo house. Uh, <laughs> but I, the thing that I'm happiest about in terms of the movie is, is it did turn out great in spite of what we cut. Um, as painful as that was. But, like, I've tested... The mo- I've tested the movie for like uh, so many people over the last few months, and I would try to get people that had no idea what the movie was about, what the production was like, and no one's noticed that um, anything was missing. Which is a you know was my biggest worry. Like, are we gonna be are are we gonna be watching the movie and the pacing's gonna be weird because we were supposed to cut to something else and didn't? Right. Um, but no, this movie really works. You know, wonderfully as an eighty-five minute you know movie mm-hmm. that's this intimate little you know, story. So sure. cool. like I always wanted to make like a human story. And I think that, um, what the movie ended up being was about two people, but to me, like the third and fourth characters were your music in Baltimore. Mm. Like I wanted to sh- use mm. that as like a character. Was it in that order? Like, is he three or four? Yeah. Mm. He is now. Uh, <laughs> is he sitting if he were right? in the room talking it to Baltimore, yeah, 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 he yeah. would have listed me <laughs> yeah, after yeah. Baltimore. Uh, but, but no, you're going to fall on Dan Roger. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, listen to that I'm guy. waiting. I'll be listening. <laughs> you might have to buy me two sandwiches. <laughs> but no, I, 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 um, you know, I, I love the city we we live in, and I, I think that um, for for me, it's like to watch like what John Waters does. It's its own thing. And Barry Levinson did his own thing with Baltimore, and I just wanted to show a completely different side of it. So yeah. I tried to show landmarks of that, and the you know those guys in the Wire didn't show. <laughs> so and I, and I think we did. Like yeah, I, yeah. I think That's we cool. we showed the more obscure stuff and just kind of like how beautiful our city is. And that was something like I always wanted to do. Like to me, it's like even with, with ha- if we would have had a second story, we would have had definitely a score and kind of a backdrop that connected all these things mm-hmm. and it just so happened that was ended up just being the backdrop and like the the texture of you know the story we have now mm-hmm. cool mm. what um this is a random technical question what program did you edit in I so on this I edited on Final Cut. Oh, cool. um, yeah. I am a freelance editor. I use that and Premiere uh-huh. Pro. Um, gotcha. But um, yeah, I edited Wits End and uh-huh. this movie on Final Cut Pro. Because I think that, like in general, I mean, since everything's so do it yourself, mm-hmm. uh, I mean and that 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 didn't feel quite as accessible like ten years ago. Not not quite as accessible. It's pretty awesome. There's yeah. no excuse not to make your own stuff now. Right, like right. Um, just to be, there was like a few times like I would go on vacation or stuff after or something after we filmed the movie, and I would take my laptop with me and be editing off an external hard drive. So wow. um, 
so just the fact that you can do that and the fact nice. that you can shoot it on these DSLR cameras or even, you know, your phone um, and mm-hmm. add it on your laptop, it's pretty amazing. And it, um, it makes me wish that I would have, I was 10 years younger, so I could have started when this stuff <laughs> right. came out. Instead, I, you know, it, I had to wait for things to catch up a little bit. And mm-hmm. yeah, now if you want to make a movie every year or every other year, there's no excuse, you know. Like if you have that excuse in your head of like, I've been trying. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, well, what is trying for you? Is it making the thing and finishing it and making it available to the world? Because that's what you can do from your home now, you know, as opposed to trying, meaning I've got ideas, I've been pacing around and writing outlines. It's like that's not trying when somebody's making a YouTube clip that gets a million hits and then they they, suddenly they have a name, you know. So I, I think, yeah, it is wide open as far as what you can produce. And there is, yeah, to say no excuse, that is, it's actually true that you, there's no, I mean, unless you can't get your hands on a computer, yeah, there's no reason not to be making your ideas and, and coming up with an idea that you can make. Right. That's one thing I think that is consistent about both of your movies is that you, it's not like there's not ambition to it, but you do seem to be very interested in what's possible. What can I actually go out and shoot with people rather than having a dream that's so big that it might make you take a few extra years to get it together or to realize that it's not going to work. Right. Or whatever, so. Yeah. I think I heard it was Jason Reitman. Great director was talking about, it's like your MacBook pro is a movie studio. You can mm. write your movie. You can, you know, shoot your movie with an iPhone. You can do all your post-production on your MacBook, and you can release it on your computer. Yeah. Like it can do ever, you can do anything at home. Um, so yeah, there's no yeah. reason not to do it. As far as what you were saying about um, the kinds of movies I make, like for, I've always been interested in like these intimate, stories so mm-hmm. um i'm lucky i like i have friends that you know like chris la martine is a friend of all of ours and he's a great filmmaker uh the scope of his movies are, are huge considering we're on this like micro budget level mm-hmm. um so it takes you know him you know two years to make a movie or three years to make a movie just because like the concepts are so big and there's effects and all these um you know different factors that go into it um for me it's like i just like people talking (laughs) so i i like the idea of like even if like one of these movies takes off and i get a chance to make a bigger movie it's going to be another movie like this but maybe it'll have movie stars or recognizable Mm -hmm. actors in it like i don't see myself you know I don't see myself setting myself up to make a Marvel movie or you don't think maybe you would have like a, an intimate two hander where a ghost and a robot come to terms with each other and learn about each other. Um, I could see, like, I could see a version of that. Cause I have but... that script ready. Okay. Um, yeah. Good, good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I, I think, uh, yeah, I, I think I'm just in a good place in terms of like, if this takes off, great. But if not, I'm still going to be making these movies. And that's cool, mm-hmm. too. So um, and I'm, I'm glad that we live in an age that can afford you can afford to do that and to, um, you know, do it to where it's getting more and more <clears throat> polished. And I think it's going to be better five years from now, too. So I, I, I think that we uh, with like the DSLRs and the technology of just like making this stuff, it's just going to keep getting better. So mm-hmm. I'm just looking forward to it. Wow. Really cool. I'm curious, you know, so doing this uh, every other year that you're currently on, what part of the years yeah, that you were spending doing board in the USA, were you actually shooting it? Um, so last summer we shot the bulk of the movie and part of that was like this movie was a little bit longer um, just in terms of actor availability okay. um, so we would shoot Talk like a little bit about that too because you lost an actor too oh yeah 
Well, that's so the ironic thing. The movie's about somebody leaving the country, and right after we finished filming, one of our actors got deported. Oh, <laughs> yeah. it's like in the middle of you trying to get like re- some reshoots and some ADR, yeah, we were, so you had re- to make some calls based on that. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris wow. Milner got deported like right after we finished shooting. He got deported. He did. Yeah, he's in London now. Um, I would. And the movie's about him leaving to go back, you know. So that's that's what's crazy. <laughs> it's like, oh, have, yeah. you see, have you seen it? This, he, this is like a revelation yeah. right now. He's so funny, man. I was like, why haven't I heard from yeah, this guy yeah. in a while? Yeah, he. Uh, so it's the best excuse ever. I got deported. <laughs> I got deported. <laughs> um, so, uh, and it's all and it's sad because yeah, the movie's painful for him to watch now because oh, there's like so oh. many parallels mm. kind of in the movie. Jeez. And his life. But yeah, so uh, to answer your question, Steve, we started shooting like May of last year and shot about 18 days through the summer. It was spread out okay. over a few months. I was curious about it. Okay. Um, which, which has its pluses and its minuses. Like I edit my own stuff. So it's like I like editing as we go along. And mm. it gives me oh. a chance to inform the movie in terms of if we shoot something, I can go, oh, well, that's a great idea. Let's build on that. And we'll alter the next scene because I have an edited version. Um, cool. So, yeah, we finished filming in um, October, I think. And then we – or, no, I'm sorry. We did a reshoot in October. Um, so, yeah, we finished in the fall, and I've been editing kind of in the fall, winter. Cool. So. And totally um, harassing his score guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet. <laughs> um, John and I have a great working relationship. <laughs> um, I've never yelled. No. Um, I really haven't. I don't know why I said it that way, but <laughs> now I'm questioning it. Yeah, no, right. it's it's more of like, uh, hey John, you know it's pretty good, but can we change just one note here because right. uh, I'm anal. Sorry. <laughs> um, well, what was funny for me was how much it, I said before it was about hanging out in that mood. There's mm-hmm. like this lethargy or like um, an ennui to the character that there's a you know I'm trying to not say bored. Oh yeah, but I it's gotcha. like because that's in the name. But there's a boredom to this character that I found. It was like you don't want to make boring music, but you don't want to make music that's going to be too animated. Right, right. For this mood, so finding that space, and you had to keep telling me like no. That's I want you right in that space. Like I would send yeah. him some I, like what about this? It's got a little tempo change and it's got yeah. this. And you would say I really like the piano and the guitar <laughs> yeah, yeah. on this one slow one here. And I was like, if I don't send him more stuff that's like this, he's going to use the same piece of music ten times in this yeah. movie. And I just can't have. So it was funny trying to find out like how to do variations on right, a theme. Right. Mm. I mean, musically, it's it's actually a kind of a fun experiment. But yeah. it, it was it was I learned a little bit too about just how much innovation. I mean, for a score to be kind of chugging along, there are little. It does constantly repeat, and, and right, an idea right. will come back into it. And figuring out, like, normally if you're writing songs, if you've got five songs, you don't want them to be like each other. But right. in this case, the challenge was making them as almost as as alike as possible while not being right, the same right. thing. So, yeah, and that meanwhile, was... you're just like, let me fly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but you would be like, this is great. I love it. Yeah. I'm going to try it out. And then 20 minutes later... Don't hate me. <laughs> yeah, I have I have a playlist on my phone of John's music that's really? cut from the movie, and I listen to it. It's great, but yeah, it's just there was because there were times where it's like the movie does have like a certain melancholy, but also like a certain hopefulness and brightness that 
it's hard to capture in a score, especially when you're like the connective tissue. And part of it's about the, you know, mundanity of these characters mm -hmm. and spending a day together. So it has to be kind of uniformed. And, you know, we always talk about having it be sparse and um, every, you know, everything has to, it can't speed up or slow down too much. And you found the sweet spot in that, even though I know it's frustrating. At, for at first times. it was frustrating, but yeah. it was fun. I mean, it's that fun kind of frustration yeah. where you're, where you're, where you're stepping a little bit outside of what you naturally yeah. do. And you wrote an incredible title song for the movie i love the song that plays over the credits that you wrote specifically for our movie so mm -hmm. it really was an honor working with you because it's so good is the score coming out somewhere i was going to say because so many things were cut from the movie too i can have the um music from and inspired by <laughs> thing on the soundtrack album so that'll be fun yeah i, I think it'll be out it, it based on when this episode comes out it may already be available for people to uh, check out on Bandcamp. i believe that's how i'm putting it out so Fuck yeah. yeah it'll it's, be fun it's all and it's cool. it'll be a great to, if you play it it'll put you in a nice board like <laughs> my life is dreary I don't know what, I don't Perfect. like any of my choices right. you know that kind of like it's <laughs> really a great soundtrack to listen to when looking out the window and nothing in particular mm -hmm. and just kind of like hoping that things would be different but knowing that they'll never be different <laughs> John Walker, everybody. No, yes, <laughs> no it, it's. Uh, I think the cool experience for me with working with you doing the score was like Wits End, like was intentionally a movie that's it's very documentary driven in the way it's all handheld, and um, I didn't want to have any score in that movie. Like from the beginning, it's like we're gonna drop songs into here, and I I wanted to do something different, and that's when we became friends and mm -hmm. started talking about collaborating on just stuff in general. And um, I was trying to get you more into like a movie about wizards and that sort of thing. But he was like, Baby steps. Down. Yeah. yeah, man. We'll build up to that. We'll build up to people talking about wizards. Yes. <laughs> but no, but uh, to have like an original score for our movie has just been like such an honor. And you just crushed it, man. I'm super proud of you, too. Oh, thank I, you. Um, <laughs> that I, was fun. And I, I look forward to seeing it. We were saying it premieres in the in the big theater yeah, at the center, yeah. which is our local sort of, you know, legendary art house theater. So it is cool to, to see it, uh, you know, it'll be cool to hear it coming out of those speakers. Yeah, so that's, yeah. that's going to be fun. I'm, I'm so excited to watch it on the big one. I, I mean, any screen at the center would have been awesome, but to do it in theater one that high and uh, have it sound that big is going to be really Have you cool. tried it out yet? Have you? We tried it out. Uh, today's Wednesday on Monday. So, mm -hmm. um, how'd it feel? It was cool because I watched the entire movie by myself in the theater, which wow. was like a surreal experience. Right. And like in a weird way, I just kind of enjoyed it. Yeah. Like I was like, this is for me. And yeah. when we do the screening in a few weeks, that's when I'll be anxious about everybody else enjoying it and what's not right and, you know, turnout and all that stuff. But that was just like 80, you know, minutes and change or 85 minutes of just, um, just, you know, enjoying that we made this thing and to get to experience it by myself there was really cool. Well, it's cool to be at that point where you can just enjoy it because you're like, yeah. I'm not going to be making any more changes to it without, yeah. without pissing everybody off. Yeah. That, that being said, I did make some small tweaks. <laughs> and I was waiting for it. Yeah. No, I did. I, I, nothing, nothing's been moved or yeah. anything. But yeah, it was like small sound stuff that after mm. you watch it in that big of a theater, oh, you oh, yeah. back oh, and yeah, adjust. Yeah. You need to do that, actually. Yeah. I've watched this movie so many different ways, like thinking about like, um, all right, somebody's going to watch this on a laptop or an iPad or a TV. Or it, so to, I, 
to do all these little versions of it, it definitely is a different experience when it's that big and blown up. And hmm. um, yeah, it was just like two or three sound things that mm-hmm. I just wanted to tweak after watching it there. Yeah, w- that would have been great if after Monday, I'm like, uh, John, we need 20 more minutes of score. Yes, right. <laughs> uh, preferably by Friday. Yes. <laughs> and With a drum and bass feel. Yeah. If you can. <laughs> and can you play a British guy? Yes, right. Uh, <laughs> I, I would have had a version where, you know, you and Ronald would have played Kelly and Chris. And... That works. <laughs> I think we've got chemistry. Yeah. We, we've you do. Got, yeah. There's like 200 hours of us proving that we have chemistry that people oh, yeah. can listen to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's the cool thing about And I'm sorry we're talking so much about our movie. Mm-hmm. Um I know everybody's like, talk about the slice of life stuff. Yes. <laughs> but they're uh, no, like, I, I'm friends with all of you guys. So I feel like when I listen to the podcast, I'm just having a conversation with my friends and they're not listening. Mm-hmm. So it's cool <laughs> to be here yeah. and Thanks actually coming, talk dude. with you guys. Thanks for having me. So I know that feeling listening to podcasts. I'm sure you guys oh, do yeah. too, where you yeah, want to jump man. in. And yeah. it bugs you that like, oh, I could have helped out with that one Point right, that right, they got right. stuck on or whatever. But uh, yeah, you're yeah. listening to Never Not Funny. And you're like, I had such a funny tag. <laughs> yeah. If only Jimmy Dore let me on the show, yes. <laughs> or uh, Jimmy Pardo. Yeah. yeah. Well, you said before that you like movies where people talk to each other, and mm, that's yeah. like the main thrust mm. of the action. And then we thought we would spend a little time just talking about those types of films, yeah. and maybe maybe us kind of go through. So we'll just go around and just talk about some of these. Just maybe put some listeners out on the on the case cool. where they can f- hopefully find some of these these movies that are. Uh, like I said, driven by dialogue, driven by natural interactions. Mm. We had some. There's dialogue in the film. Yes, got it. Well, but mm. driven like non-silent that, films. That, that it's not leading up to fist fights and explosions. It's leading up to more talking. Got in, it. In a different got room. It. Fuck! Know? I thought a quiet yeah. place was on <laughs> yeah. my there list. There goes my list. <laughs> it's a slice of life it movie, is a slice guys. Of life. It shows well, some farming. Well, really? we went back and forth about what this means. Slice of life, naturalistic, dialogue-driven, mumblecore. There's so many different ways to approach it. But I think we all know what we mean when we say these are movies that are fueled by that kind of Right, right. It's going to be a fun list. Yeah. It's going to be very... It's gonna, uh, trust very, me, it's, it's all over varied. the place. We're either going to have all of the same movie... Yeah. Or it's going to be just the weirdest hodgepodge of yeah. stuff. Well, let's get it started. You're Why don't you name one of your picks? Okay. Um, so my first pick... And I'm thinking because I'm thinking about in terms of uh, movies that kind of like inspire me and also inspire the types of movies I make. And I feel like my whole list could have been just Richard Linklater movies. I thought you might choose the Before Sunrise trilogy. Yeah. So yeah. I intentionally did not. <laughs> okay. Uh, just because. Damn, you got him. No, no, but just because like, I think Before Sunset in particular really influences yeah. our movie, and mm. um, it's. I also just think it's a perfect movie. But mm. I think he has like ten movies out of his twenty that are what I consider slice of life movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to pick um, Dazed and Confused ah, with my selection. Ah. Uh, I think it's a, a night in the life of uh, some Texas teenagers. That's a slice of their lives. And I think it's relatable to everybody. I also think the movie's hilarious. It's really good. And I, I, and I think the other cool thing about that is just whoever the casting director of that movie was. Just a Petri dish of talent. Yeah. Before to have a lot of like McConaughey's first movie. And I think it's Ben Affleck's first movie or Mm -hmm. one of them. And like all these different actors that went on to do something else. uh, So good. And uh, you can also just see the growth of, you know, that was Richard Linklater's second movie and just kind of to show the versatility and mm. all the greatness he had to come mm-hmm. from there. So Dazed and Confused is my selection. Yeah. Cool. Good one. Uh, I'll go next. Yes. Yeah, let's go this way. <laughs> uh, so, so when we first started talking, I, I, great choice, by the way, Mike. Thank I you. love that film. I, I think I, I, my list is definitely way smaller. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I I think I tried to make a mumblecore list yeah. from our first conversations. Right. So this is my, my what my selections of mumblecore films. Yes. Um. So um. The first one, Joe Swanberg is a pretty popular guy in that scene. Um. Usually has films at the Maryland Film Festival. Here we've been fortunate to meet him a yes. couple times mm-hmm. and to speak with him. And and I'm a fan. I sweaty danced with him at 2 a.m. at Joe Squared one. There you, you really? go. Yeah. There what? You go. Yeah. I like that guy, man. His energy was insane like he's he's a star like when he's yeah i mean he's like a high energy yeah. guy in the room and he doesn't seem to mind people kind of glomming onto him that's yeah. capable of knocking too. people out apparently <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that story because yeah. but... remember he knocked the critic out oh yeah the, the, uh, oh yeah fantastic oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Devin Farachi, yeah. who later turned same out guy, to uh, like yeah. it's, right. it's weird to think that that's the same dude man because yeah. like so much time has passed mm. yeah Beat the shit out of a critic. Well, one of my favorite films that he has, was, I, we, I was able to see at the film festival, I think it was in 2013, his film with Jake Johnson and Olivia Wilde, it's called Drinking Buddies. It's mm-hmm. a good movie. Um, my wife and I went and saw it. She loved it. I loved it. I like the idea of two people who really probably should be together mm-hmm. um, based off of decisions that they've made or are not making are not together. And like seeing where they end up in the film um, and still not being sure of if they made the right decisions and you can obviously tell that they're not convinced still. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I just love that movie. Um, and I think watching him, watching Joe Swanberg's films kind of get bigger and, and um, watching him work with like bigger actors and names and probably more of a budget. Like that one seemed to be like kind of a, a step towards um, more like distribution and more mainstream access. And, his partnership with Jake Johnson kind of starts uh, with that film, and they've made some cool movies since then together, like Digging for Fire. And, I like Digging um, for Fire yeah. a lot, too. Yeah. And the one that was on Netflix last year, which almost made my top ten with Jake Johnson. As Win the, It All? Yeah, yeah that was really good. But just Drinking Buddies, I just think he really hit something with that relationship of, like, the, just the idea of, like, always being around the person that you probably know you should be with. And not being able to be with them. Mm. And just the situations that they get themselves in and how spiteful they are towards one another at certain points in that film. Um, yeah, just just a big fan of that movie. Awesome. Oh. Yeah. Cool thing about that movie is, so I, I don't know if you guys know, like Joe Swanberg's directed like literally like 30 movies. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was like seven movies in one year yeah, at one yeah, point. Because he's not that much older than, I think he's like 35. So. Yeah. Um, but the first I heard of him, he did this movie Kissing on the Mouth, and there was an article about it in Movie Maker magazine because it was yeah, like, like a start of this mumble course. Yeah, right? and yeah. it was it was like a thousand dollar movie. Yes, so yes. I this was like predates like Netflix and um, he made it with his wife, right? She's in it. She's yeah, in the it, lady okay. became his wife. So I actually Chris. bought that movie because there was no other way to get it. Wow. And it was like the most pretentious, boring movie. <laughs> yeah. And I and I would get so frustrated and irritated that he'd be at the Maryland Film Festival every <laughs> year. But because I'm just like, really? Like the dude literally, like, spoiler alert, his first movie is literally, there's a scene where he jerks off until he finishes in the movie and it shows everything. Wow. And I'm like, this is pornography. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, and not even well lit pornography. Yeah. But so I it, like the idea of criticizing something as being pornography, yeah. but then bring that angle in. Yeah. And it's not even good pornography. Yeah. That reminds me of the lighted super bad where Jonah Hill's like, uh, I'm sorry the Cohen brothers didn't direct your porn. <laughs> yeah. But no, with Joe Swanberg stuff, it's been really cool to actually start with that and see where he how he just kept refining and refining and refining. And I really love his last few movies and I really like his uh, Netflix series Easy. Easy. It's very it's so good. good. Yeah. yeah. 
you know, he's on a roll where he's like, you know, written and directed like three great movies with Jake Johnson and yeah. um, his series is great. So it's just cool to see somebody who is like a contemporary and we're around the same age. It's just to see them continue to grow and, yeah. you know, kind of, he's not really doing stuff that's that different. Like it's less like risque or whatever. And, um, but to, it's tonally and stuff. He's not, he hasn't changed that much, but he's I, definitely I evolved. Totally and, agree. Yeah. Uh, so good choice. Thanks, man. All right. Well, my choice is, uh, you know, this is one of those that does not fit into the sort of low budget concern of a, of a mumblecore film, but it does have the slice of life and the reality and the relatable characters. Um, and it's a movie that I often think whenever I think about this show, and I'm sure we've talked about it on the show before, but I've, I've, I've often thought like, I hope we have a category so that I can talk about how great I think you can count on me is oh, wow. as a film. And, um, I mean, Mark Ruffalo, Ruffalo, I think that was yeah. really the first time I noticed him. And oh, I had yeah. I was at the apex of my Laura Linney love at that moment. Mm-hmm. And this was such a great performance for her. But just the naturalistic relationship between the two of them. Um, I don't know. Was it based on a stage play? I know Lonergan, the the, the writer and director. Sure. No, I think that Lonergan. was his first screenplay. Okay. I, I don't think oh. it was a play. But he was but a play very easily before, could be a play, too. Like, but yeah, and he was. And he's written a bunch of great plays since then and before So it's then. got that feel. Of right. like, you know, people in a room having these mm. these interactions that feel true. Here's the sister who's always going to be the stable one. Mm-hmm. And here's the brother who's always going to be the mercurial one. And it's like there's a dance between the two of these characters. And she's stuck in a rut and she's got this awful boss that she's having an affair with. And she's got a son who's kind of lacking a father figure. And all these things are going on in her life. And it's sort of like the last thing she needs is her fuck up brother coming in. Mm. But in a weird way, that's like exactly what she needs. And she yeah, kind of yeah. wants him around and the tragedy of for her that he's going to inevitably leave no matter what he says about he's going to stick around or he's going to be part of their lives that back and forth it's just a very effective oh, yeah. film it, yeah. it keeps the drama so, small and it does kind of go out into some interesting places but in the end it's a very uh, just a very truthful film I thought really good so, movie yeah. yeah you can count on me from 2000 uh, so mine is uh, a movie that was shot entirely on a uh, iPhone oh 2015's Tangerine by Sean Baker. Yes. Man, so, I, I mean, I like Slice of Life stuff, but I like Slice of Life stuff, especially when I don't know anything about a world. And this was a movie that kind of gets you right into this world of, like, trans, there's, like, some prostitution going on, mm-hmm. some heavy drug using, but it doesn't do it from a perspective of, like, they don't want you to feel sorry for these people, which I which or judge is, them. Or judge them. Yeah, yeah, like this 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 could happen to anyone. This mm-hmm. this set of circumstances you date, you know a friend that dates somebody that's crazy or has in the past and it's just it it is a roller coaster from beginning to end. And it's so funny. It's so funny. And and you know, that I, and it's a good-looking film too. The yeah. iPhone thing is almost would make you think that there's no visual right. style to it, but it has a real panache. It does. It really does. And I mean, I have to be completely honest. Like I was under the impression that this movie would make me uncomfortable. It's just a world that I, I'm not privy to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I realized just being in performance sort of community, I was a lot more prepared for this movie than I thought. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I watched. I'm like, oh, okay, this is this is regular. Right, I mean, right. but you know, I, I thought it was a really well made movie, and the main character, um, Cindy, mm-hmm. is. I mean, this is supposed to be the uh, this act actor's 
first time mm-hmm. doing something. A he non-actor, a, right? Non-actor. Like, yeah, he does a great job. Sean Baker does yeah. like such a good job with working with like first-time actors. I felt that way about Florida Project too. Florida, mm-hmm. I was gonna one Florida of the. Be- so I think that's good. the best child actor performance of all time it's so good and it's so great how willem dafoe's performance kind of blends in like you you do recognize him as a guy with star wattage in that movie but he's doing a remarkable job of not standing out and like his interplay like that scene in the lobby when the kids are eating the popsicles and he's Mm -hmm. just kind of like that felt so like this guy is not the savior of these people and i think that was a key part of this movie is that it was almost like the trailer sold it like willem dafoe's character was going to be this kind of white savior but instead he's just a guy trying to do a job and he makes some decisions that are like morally questionable in the movie so yeah and again kind of captures a world that you wouldn't typically know with a lot of empathy like in tangerine and just a really really great movie i also like and you were talking about the look john i like that one movie shot on an iphone and one movie shot on 35 millimeter film and mm-hmm. they're both beautiful in such different ways yeah um yeah. pretty yeah. remarkable definitely all right so your next pick mike all right my next pick uh this actually is a mumblecore movie uh big influential movie on me the duplass brothers have been making really good films for mm. the last you know i guess since 2005 um and uh, this movie i saw randomly a trailer right when itunes and apple was starting were starting to put out trailers for movies that where you could uh, you know, see him really easily. And uh, I, this movie, sh- weird look, shaky handheld cameras, awkward sound, but the most relatable performances that I had seen at the time. Uh, the movie's The Puffy Chair, mm. uh, made for $10,000. It got their career started. They pretty much own indie Hollywood now. Um, but yeah, this movie was, I, I remember like thinking like my parents probably watched The Graduate and were like, these people are like me or in a place like me and talk like me. And mm-hmm. that's kind of how I felt about Puffy Chair. So that movie's a little bit of a, a seminal movie for me. I think all their stuff's actually on Netflix now because of their deal uh-huh. with them. So yeah. Cool. Steve? Next one I picked is, uh, I don't know if many people have seen it. I've talked about it on the podcast before, but in my research for the, the genre of mumblecore, I come across a subgenre called mumble gore. Yes. Uh, so I tried to find a film that qualified as such, because just to give some horror love. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a movie from 2012 that I legitimately love called The Battery. Um, oh, wow. Directed by Jeremy Gardner. Did you ever see it? Yes. We talked about this. Yes. The two friends that are kind of like surviving this uh, zombie apocalypse. That was Mumble Gore? It's called Mumble Gore. Yeah. Horror film. Basically just following two guys talking as they survive this apocalypse. Yeah. There's really no zombies in the movie until like the last like 15, 20 minutes. Um, but it's basically these two friends that have survived this apocalypse. Uh, they were baseball teammates and they're in a car trying to go down through New England to just survive and I don't know I just I just remember watching the movie and like totally buying their friendship totally buying how different the two friends were how one was trying to change the other to what they thought the survival skills they needed to adapt mm-hmm. and vice versa and um you know there's just elements of like trust and uh survival and drive and all these things that I get that I'd assume you'd be challenged with in a in a zombie apocalypse, but in this idea of like just a view of two people talking to one another, getting through it, mm-hmm. and you know, and coping with it in the different ways that they decide to. But the thing that I took away from the most was just really buying their friendship. But it's like it's a forced friendship because like they're not really truly truly friends. Circumstances through exactly them together. like they were teammates and they're like buddies, but like. Would I have chosen you to survive this with? It's like and when be two on a people trip? on a sitcom get trapped in an elevator and one of them's pregnant and and 
<laughs> maybe these two characters don't get along, but you know in this episode they're going to have to learn to work That's together. what it is, exactly. Yes. I really like the Mumblecore television program Family Matters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that was one that came up from in my research too, Steve, and having not seen it, I just thought the stills that I saw from it looked really cool. It's really weird. Like, it was... It, it is... It is great. Like I yeah. love that film, mm-hmm. and I've recommended it to people that actually went through and and found it or saw it or or I you know, kind of showed them where they could watch it. Um, everybody's really liked it. I mean, we talked about it a while yeah. one really years ago it. on the podcast, but like, it's just weird because it's like it relies so few or so so light on the zombie piece. They're they're in there. Yeah, it's it's there, but it's subtle and it's more just about like. It's the opposite of like the Walking Dead kind of zombie thing, you yeah. know, where like there's all this drama and just the thing that you almost are getting bored by is the zombie. Yeah. At least when I left that show. Well, too much um, zombie makes it a little boring. You're right. Yeah. And, and, and this is the opposite of that, where it's just like just the idea of like you think you know everything. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, we talk like, how would you survive? Okay. I would. But you're wrong. So, let, or, or I, eventually, it comes to that point where, like, we're forced to be together. We're like, we have to do one of these two things, right, and right, I'm mm-hmm. sure that I'm right. And there's a lot of really, really cool scenes with these two friends, like, and how different they are, and and how they're trying to survive. It's just, and some of their exchanges are really funny. And in the middle of this little zombie movie, it's mm-hmm. it's it's great. Mm. And That's awesome. it, it was made for like nothing. I don't know what the guys done. I mean, it won some festival awards, and it, it did have like. A little bit of love, which is kind of what popped it up on my radar when I was like following some of the festival uh, awards that had gone out that year, mm-hmm. and just tracked it down. And uh, I'm a, yeah, it's it's worth checking out. I mean, for sure. Like if you are even into the horror stuff of it, mm-hmm. even though it's light, just the setting is kind of cool. Um, but yeah, it's called the Battery. Well, Three. I'm glad you went ahead and sort of positioned what Mumble Gore is because that that was my next pick was going to be a Mumble my Mumble Gore selection i was intrigued at how many movies are in that category that i was surprised to see were being considered i, I, I think there's one that i mumblecore we both wonder or mumblecore and there's one that just seems too nicely made and not mumble enough to really fit in that but um but but anyway of the movies that were categorized as mumblecore there's one that i love but i don't think it really fits this whole dialogue driven uh what is that one that would be house of the devil okay um but the movie that uh, I, I that I thought I was surprised to see on the list was The Invitation. That was popping up on all yeah. the. Oh, yeah. interesting! I really like that movie, too. but yeah. I would never have. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's weird. yeah. I mean, it's 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 people Your talking. next was also on that list. Yes, but the one I've chosen is definitely Mumblecore, and it's definitely Mumblegore, and it's a movie <laughs> from 2014 uh, called Creep. Oh, oh that's a. I, love I that. thought Creep was great, that's and that was some Duplass love. Mumble, yeah. super unsettling, and it does have that kind of. Uh, two-hander thing. It's a it's a dark version of uh, my dinner with Andre kind of thing. You know, it's because like, it's about the relationship yeah. between the two guys. Yeah, and but it has these shocking moments, and it's punctuated by the horror that is extra surprising coming from uh, Mark Duplass, yeah. mm-hmm. who we just don't associate with that kind of thing. So I felt like it was a cool. It, I mean, maybe he can only do that once or twice in his career, but it was a cool extension of that that mumblecore brand and that kind of character he normally mm-hmm. plays to say, wait, what if you were in a storyline like this where it's just you and another person and it's this intimate kind of filmmaking that makes it feel real like you're a fly on the wall and it's also pretty scary uh, it got me to realizing how much and you were saying how the zombies weren't a big part of the battery that horror and mumble court they like horror movies have to kind of save their budget for the big scares yeah. and so they usually do to say there's not that much zombie action in that movie most effective horror films do a good job of that of just having it punctuated mm. so i like that idea of 
the interpersonal relationship in Creep and the way that just the unsettling, just the, it keeps getting worse and worse for this guy who has been called out to uh, film a man's life, yeah. essentially. And, um, yeah, I wouldn't want to say much more about it than that. I think we've talked about it on the show before. Yeah. But Have it's you... a really good movie, and it, it really makes use of the simplicity and the, the lack of elements. It just is a simple thing between two people. Have you seen Creep 2? I haven't seen Creep 2 yet. I actually think it's better. I agree with I him. love both of them, too, and mm-hmm. I think the second one's better. Um, I think it's actually funnier. It it's is. even darker in spots. i got to see it. Mm. Yeah, and I actually think... He's so good in it. He really he is. He really is. And Mark... he's become... Yeah, Mark Duplass. Yeah. Um, and I even think, like, because, you know, he, w- he was the star of Puffy Chair, which, mm-hmm. you know, I mentioned earlier, and kind of like Joe Swanberg, to see him grow into a really good, effective actor. Like, yeah. in Puffy Chair, he's essentially playing himself... And then, in like togetherness, he gives such a good and different performance. And a creep, it's like from another planet. It's, it's but so yeah, good. he's taking whatever that currency is that he's built up and spending mm-hmm. it on this on on creeping you out because yeah, you don't yeah. expect him to creep you out. So yeah, fun film. Yeah. Cool. Um, before the problems, before she was problematic. Ah, there was Lena Dunham. Yes, <laughs> tiny furniture. Such a goddamn good movie. It's it's a slice of life film about uh, this small community of art, sea rich, sort of privileged people living in this bubble and surviving on everybody else's resources. And and it's I mean, while that sounds like a pretentious shitty thing, like she captured this sort of thing that wound up becoming the kind of bones of whatever girls is. Um, this story in particular is just a really well-told one um, that feels authentic, that feels uh, refreshing, because I, I don't know anything about it. And it may be more familiar to the New Yorker, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I guess, you know, I, there's something about what New York represents to people versus the people that are actually there Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like it's like this you gotta go there but Mm -hmm. the people that are there are like fuck this place i love this place fuck this place and you hear this balance that that happens all the time um and lena is very i mean for for whatever problems you have with her she's pretty aware of her surroundings Mm -hmm. she's pretty aware of who she is and there's something about someone that was so young and made such a uh aware movie for for her age what how, did you remember how old she was when she made it did, she was like 23 yeah it's insane she was man. just out of oberlin yeah yeah let's get into our last round what's your yeah, final yeah. pick mike last movie um i uh i love this movie a lot and i think that my favorite thing about these types of movies uh and when they're most effective is kind of like what you're talking about with relationship with friends and movies or um or the way people talk to each other is I love it when a movie is not made about me where the characters on the surface are nothing like me, Mm -hmm. but you still see yourself in the characters in the situation. Like Moonlight was a movie that was like that for me where I'm not a gay black man from Miami, but Mm -hmm. I saw myself. Your publicist is the shortest that you were. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I got booked. Uh, (laughs) But, but for like that movie, it's like, I definitely saw myself in those situations and in those characters. Um, A more recent movie that I felt like this, um, Greta Gerwig's Lady Bird um, is a movie about a 17-year-old high school senior um, 
which I'm not, but the whole time I'm watching this, I could see myself in the relationship between her and the mother. I could mm-hmm. see myself the in that awkwardness and trying to make friends or um, relating to the high school situations of it. And mm-hmm. the movie's hilarious and it, it's heartfelt as well. And uh, it was one of the movies I thought of for this list and I thought it was pretty fitting. Yeah, cool. That's a good choice. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's a very entertaining movie, very well made, but it mm-hmm. is full of little true mm-hmm. moments, whether it's your reality or not, you know. Particularly the the uh, Laurie, Laurie Metcalf stuff mm-hmm. um, and the Tracy Letts stuff. No, I was you and say, I, Tracy Letts, yeah, I you and him. I both talked about that. Like, how how is no one talking about how good Tracy Letts is in this yeah. movie? Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, very effective movie in that way. Mm-hmm. My last one is uh, came out in 2014. Stars Jenny Slate <clears throat> and ah, Jake woo! Lacey, uh, Julian Rose Pierre's uh, Obvious Child. That's a good one. Um, I don't know. I, I really love Jenny Slate, and I really love seeing her in a movie. Even though she's a stand-up comedian in the film, like she's, it's not about her being funny in the movie. Um, and it's about a pretty serious subject matter that comes up that someone is pretty confident and very quick to a decision about. Yeah. And um, you know, just the again that relationship that isn't between her and Jake Lacey, and even though she knows what she wants to do, situations like when they're together in the movie and she wants to tell him what's happening, but then she reads like that. He's kind of wants to be a parent eventually, or he, I think he says he wants to be a grandfather one day. Yeah. And like that stops her from telling him to like mm. not hurt him. I don't know. It's just like a really cool relationship drama. Um, that is also funny. And like to say a movie about abortion is funny is like, is it comes out odd, but I mean, it genuinely is a funny film It is, and she's great in it. Um, and the scene towards the end where he actually takes her, to Planned Parenthood and 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 they talk about it being the best Valentine's Day ever and it's mm-hmm. like on Valentine it's it's either on Valentine's Day or on her mother's birthday that she has to book this thing and it's that day and they end up together and um, he takes her and is there and you know they end the movie watching Gone with the Wind it's just it's just a weird situation a weird series of events you know a one night stand leads to something very very uh, huge in somebody's life to decide on and. Um, no, and uh, that character, at least her her performance as that character, knowing that it was not the right thing for her to mm-hmm. to take on at that point in her life, which she was at a pretty low point, um, is pretty smart and it's pretty um, bold and confident. And that kind of character, I think, was really good for her to be able to play because I, you know, I like her a lot, but it's been a lot of silly characters that I've liked her as. Um, the seashell, seashell, yeah. and like her run on her run on Parks and Recs and yeah. stuff like that, like. But I don't know. I just really loved Obvious Child. It really just I just connected with how confident how confident she was in that decision, but not confident of who she was in her life. And it was a weird thing to watch and um, and to also laugh at. Wonderful movie. And I wouldn't have thought of that for this list too. That is like after you've explained one. it, I'm yeah, like, that's pretty just, perfect. Yeah, like, came, yeah, seemed appropriate. And I, I don't know if you guys saw last year, Jillian her she had a film come out called Landline. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did Jenny, of you guys check it out? No, yes. I didn't, but I, but I heard no. things you about know it. You know I did. Great. I thought it was pretty good, too, yeah. man. I, I don't know. I'm excited to see I what else it. she does. I mean, I thought it was pretty what, good. What man. else she puts out. I mean, Jenny's in that, too. But, like, so is John Totoro and Edie Falco. Mm-hmm. Wow. I just Ooh. like the stories that she tells. And um, her casting is always really spot on. And, and Jake Lacey is a guy, like, I see pop up in a lot of places as an actor. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what his thing is or what his, like, niche is. But I really liked him in Obvious Child. And I'm... Was he in Girls? He was Talking for a little with, bit. With Lena, about the Lena yeah, yeah. He was, a, he was a teacher towards the end. That's right. Oh. Yeah. That's right. 
Um, but I know I see him a lot of random places, and he's never really, I guess, caught when on. When she moved to, like... He was in, like, the oh. Rampage movie this summer. Like, a really fucking really? R- random, horrible role that he's in. But <laughs> but I really like him in Obvious Job. Because, like, he's not, like, the best guy in the world. Right. But he's also, like, not an asshole. Which you is... also get that they have chemistry, too, yeah, in that movie. Yeah. Very naturally. Yeah. And yeah. she's... Uh, I like Jenny Slate in general as, like, a comedic actress. But yeah. to see her in that movie in Landline, where she's basically playing, like, a real human as opposed to... Uh, like uh, a caricature for comedy. Like right. I feel like she did on Parks yeah. and Rec, which yeah. is hilarious on. What is John um, Ralphio's sister's name? I can't remember. I can't. Re- I just know it's Ben Schwartz's sister <laughs> on the show. I can't remember her name. God, those. That, uh, they so are so good together on that yeah. show. And it's just I, like, I go down like a YouTube rabbit hole yeah. sometimes watching yeah. their scenes on that so show. Good. When they just like sing those songs yeah. and like, <laughs> oh god, they're so good. The Give me world. money. Yeah. <laughs> She's so good. Oh yeah, and Duplass is in Landline. The other Duplass, Jay. Jay, yeah, who's become a great actor. Yeah, He's man. so good yes. on Transparent. I like him in everything. Uh, I yeah. see him I'm like ah. There's a pleasant face. Yeah. So what do you got, John? What's your next one? Uh, my final pick, and this is kind of bringing it around. I, I was hoping I could go for like a Laura Linney festival, but I didn't quite manage that. But my first film was a Laura Linney film, and this film is is also uh, features her and Jeff Daniels as a couple of parents that are. I knew you were gonna pick that, this. Oh, you did! Awesome! I love Dude. it. When I, I love it when I fit type. You know. Which but one? Uh, the I Squid and the Whale, right here, oh, great movie. Oh, also ran Squid and the Whale, yeah. 2005. But John will pick. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Sometimes we like it when we're predictable on the <laughs> yeah. show because it means everything's kind of. It's also together. an opportunity to say another film. Yeah, right. You know? But um, no, the Squid and the Whale is like, it's so uncomfortable. It is, and yet it manages to be funny and make you care about the characters and notice the humanity of all the characters, and you you recognize the what the parents are going through and you recognize what the kids are going through. But it's these two authors, and Jeff Daniels plays a really egotistical blowhard who is really kind of pushing his family away, and he's kind of a toxic influence on his mm-hmm. sons because of his attitudes about women, and he would never realize that. And the mother has just kind of started making her life a a second separate life outside of her marriage because she's so unhappy and unfulfilled in it. And the kids are maybe kind of in the position of sort of idolizing their dad or they're at that age where they haven't yet seen who he really is or what's going on. And so it's just about this ugly situation where their parents are kind of playing the kids against the, the other parent and the kids are going through their own way of dealing with it. And everybody has some sad, uncomfortable true feeling moment that is also funny when you look at it from another angle so in a sense it's kind of like the uber bombback film in a way that's my favorite movie of his it's Uh, so good but yeah it's just like the way that it approaches the artistic temperament and kind of like demystifies the idea of the genius and and what it would be like to have a genius for a father um i think that's it's like a cautionary tale for any creative person uh you know to see that Mm. guy because he's he's past his prime but he's really in denial about it right and also this was the first film that i saw jesse eisenberg in and he's already playing that awkward alien hard to get into his head kind of character i thought he was great too we call it asperger's job yes Uh, (laughs) but i and i actually he's in another movie that was i think it was his first movie before that was roger dodger so good it's great campbell Campbell scott i love that movie um but yeah i definitely feel like uh, squid and the whale is like a refined version of that and it's very good to kind of like capture a pretentious teenager and uh, i like how they deal with him plagiarizing 
the Who. Yeah. I love that song. Uh, I love. I also love is Billy Baldwin in that Floyd. movie. Pink Floyd. Yeah. Pink Floyd. Oh, I thought it was Behind Blue Eyes. No, it's Hey. You know what? I'm hey thinking you. about yeah. originally. It yeah. was going to be Behind Blue Eyes. Oh, okay. And they couldn't get the rights wow. to it. It was Hey You. That seems great. Did you write yeah. that? Yeah. 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 I wrote that. Um. And yeah, like Anna <laughs> Paquin, like is knows what's going on yeah. with him, but doesn't call him out. But yeah, I, and I love the supporting cast with that. It's um, uh, Kevin Klein mm-hmm. and Penelope or uh, uh, Phoebe Cates' son is the youngest one in that oh, movie. Wow. Billy Baldwin's brilliant in that movie. Anna Paquin's great. That's a wonderful movie. Yeah, it is. That's a really good choice. I was pretty smart. Yeah. You were. You were right on top of that. <laughs> you were even smarter to know that I would pick it. Sometimes yeah. it seems like you and I do that more. I think because Ronald often is making his list like on the way here. Yeah. Yep. But Steve and I often have this little game that we play with each other where it's like, I want to say this, but I'm pretty sure, sure John- Steve's going to say it. <laughs> so, so I can I'll get another with, choice yeah, right, yeah. if John says it. Yeah. That is my favorite part of the show is when you guys are doing these <laughs> these categories. And then like the, right. uh, the third choice that I hear Ronald say, I misunderstood the <laughs> I thought we were doing movies about pie and, or whatever. And that's my Every favorite time, part man. of the show. Oh, God. Um, yeah. Well, bring it home. True. Okay, so I raved about this movie three years ago. Um, it's a German movie shot between the hours of 4.30 and 7 a.m. 4.30 a.m., 7 a.m. It is Victoria. Oh, dude, it's so good. Continuously shot movie that had three attempts. Never seen it. And it, and the third one turned out to be the one that they actually wound up wow. making the final version. It is... So it's two and a half hours long. No, it's about an hour and a half. These were oh. the attempts. The attempts. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, the third yeah. attempt actually was done kind of on the whim. They were just like, hey, you got to do it. Gotta, this gotta, is the last gotta. one. And it's not like Birdman where they're faking it as uh, no, one it's, shot. It's, it's one shot. all one take. Most oh, of the yeah, dialogue yeah. is improv. It's fucking insane. And it, and, and so it, it's... What's basi- the plot of it? It's basically one, one woman, Victoria, mm-hmm. meets a group of guys and she, one's very charismatic and she kind of falls into the fold of, of everything that they're doing and then it escalates really quickly. It gets fucking insane. And the, and the weird part about it is, like, it kind of, the scale of it gets weird. So, like, there's, like, these wide shots that are just them walking around and talking. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, five minutes. And then it gets really small and big. And it happens like that kind of throughout the movie. And when it picks up, the shots get a lot tighter. And the action kind of picks up. Hmm. I don't even know how they did some of the scenes. Because, like, um... I don't yeah. want to give anything away. They're like going in and out of clubs, and yeah, in and yeah, out of going hotels, out, like and dancing on the street, and on a roof at one point, yeah. like yeah, like yeah. whole sessions in a in a club, like dancing in a club, right. talking to each other, going out of the club, all in one swoop. And I don't, mm. I, I don't get it yeah. on any level, but it is one of the coolest movies I've ever seen in my life. Wow. And I and I think that anybody that's like into any sort of like, it's a feat. It is a feat. I mean, like you feel it too. Like mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, you know, you see some things like what's the one about the three periods or the kid, the the boy, boyhood or boy, boyhood. Boy, boy. You know, I mean, that was a great movie, but it, but you don't feel it quite as much as you do with what kind of feat this movie is. Mm-hmm. Like you really feel it as it goes along. Like it. I mean, they go on the roof of a of an apartment building. It it just that it sounds really cool. It keeps going and yeah. it, like it if it, it doesn't get dull. Like it, these characters are really pretty compelling, and um, I've watched it like four or five times, and I always notice something different. Like 
when the action picks up, there's just a lot going on in the background. And if you don't pay attention, like, some of the stuff is very shocking. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Victoria is like one of my favorite wow. movies. And the way it's shot too, it makes everything that much more lived in and real. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, it's it awesome fit. Maybe not parts that are like really static, and then there's a lot of shaky cam. Like there's a lot of like, because they go into a convenience store and there's like stealing in mm-hmm. that, t- and it gets like very like oh. <laughs> It's a cool ass movie, yeah. man. What is it? What does the camera do? <laughs> is there any of that on board in the USA? Yeah, <laughs> it needs it. Honestly, did you yeah. take that technical with your hands skill in the scene? You know what? There's still time. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I sense a new cut coming. Yeah, right. John, yeah. get working. All right, we're gonna be up. We're all gonna night. add in 30 minutes of Ronald going. <laughs> <laughs> and just it in the you just transition. Yeah. <laughs> Fade. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, really cool movie. Man. That's a cool check it movie. out. Never heard of yeah. it. Also on Netflix too. Netflix. Also on Netflix. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Cool. cool yeah, cool, that cool. girl's blowing up. The Victoria. She's yeah. in a movie, uh, Newness, uh, the Drake Deramus movie. Oh. The guy did like like crazy. Devin yeah. Nunes story. Right. <laughs> <laughs> newness. Ugh. Um, newness. And uh, she's in Duck Butter too. That just came I just out. I just grabbed Duck Butter and haven't watched it yet. Mm. The the cover is intriguing me. Yeah, yeah, like and, the painting. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like a ch- grabbing like Duck pieces. Butter sounds like a euphemism. It for does. Something. It does. <laughs> I'm yeah. glad you said it. There's <laughs> actually a, a, a restaurant in Towson called Truffle Butter, mm-hmm. which is which is the. I mean, look it up. Look yeah, what we've had this conversation before. Yeah. I think on the podcast, mm-hmm. it's, it's, and you blew my mind. <laughs> and I felt I never felt more out of. Why touch. would you call a business that? Which, a, I mean, I love the business. I'm just saying, like, why would you call it? I think it could have been me. I wouldn't have known. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> oh man, truffle butter. <laughs> Everybody out there, look it up, please. <laughs> so, Mike, tell us about the premiere. Uh, <laughs> This is a good segue. Yeah. Professional yeah. segue. Well, Trump we're wrapping butter. things yeah. up. So, yes, we, we didn't mention the date. We yeah. didn't mention all the deets. Uh, June 7th, the Senator Theater, 7 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, buy your tickets in advance because they're way cheaper to do that. Mm. Um, and also, I set this up for your podcast listeners. Uh, use the promo code BRANDMUFFINS. Uh, <laughs> That's his nickname for I me. I call John Johnny BRANDMUFFINS. <laughs> and, uh, and I can... Even though it's usually What's through the backstory of that, I, it just felt right to him. Yeah, <laughs> it just it did feel right. Uh, I and my wife actually. Plus, he said, heard about my super efficient colon, and he was just like, "This guy." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I started muffins. calling you Johnny, mm-hmm. and then it was Johnny Bram Muffins, <laughs> and then my wife's like, "Please stop calling him that." <laughs> uh, to where she's like annoyed for you uh. all the time. Um, so you'll just text me, Branny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I'm as annoying as I sound right now. Uh, but yeah, uh, promo code brand muffins. Um, yeah, you'll get a discount on your tickets. Cool. Yeah, it's 10 in advance and 15 at the door, but you'll get a bigger discount. So it's essentially half off if you use the promo code than if you would have bought it at the door. Nice. Holy. So yes, if you're a Baltimore area listener, I know we have more than more than a few of those. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's the senator. Yeah, it's a night out at the theater. John will be there. Yes, get your picture. I guess taken that's with true. Him. Wow. If I have, this is actually pretty bad. If I have any stalkers, do you think I've said anything that's pissed anybody off? Over I the hope years? not, man. I don't think so though. <laughs> John, it's really too late for us to start worrying. Yeah, about that's, this. True. Yeah. that's true. If we were going to get shot, it was going to happen. Yes. Right now. So what? What's the theater one seat? 
um, way more than we're gonna sell. Um, it's like six hundred. Okay, that's right. Oh wow. So Crazy. I'm not. Um, well, actually, I shouldn't have said that. It's going to sell out. So buy your tickets in <laughs> yeah. advance. Um, yeah, we just moved the the second theater's too small. It's one forty, and mm. we were gonna sell out plus, so we moved oh, wow. it to the big theater. Cool. Cool, man. So that's yeah. great. Yeah, I should have waited yeah. for the promo code. I already bought my tickets. <laughs> you got you used the promo code. I did. Yeah, so did. you it, you it worked out for you. Oh, good. I got yeah. a better one. I yeah. bet. I did a one day only promo code for uh, Star Wars Day, where no. it was five forty to buy a ticket. Oh, so nice. Steve wow. Steve jumped on that. No me. Yeah. I get that coop. If there's a bargain online, <laughs> yeah. Steve has like an alert. I got an alert set up, and like Mike Finazzo coupon code. I was gonna say <laughs> like alert. it. I saw. I got the notification before I even posted it anywhere, <laughs> and I was like, "How? How did he know?" <laughs> Steve. Steve changed the way that I travel. That's what I do. John. You <laughs> change. That's you it. Do, nice man. segue. You changed. Thank you, man. How so? He so. Um. Well, I first off, on... he travels now. Yeah, yeah, tra- that's, yeah that's one thing. I was I was trying to go somewhere, and and Steve stopped me and said, "Hey, stupid, don't travel like that. This is how I travel. There are a bunch of blogs that have like discounted, you know. And and I I'd, I'd like gone to like flight deal blogs before, but like I hadn't found like one that was really good. Mm-hmm. And he he kind of put me on to like Wow Air to travel to Europe, and I've been like, I had a bug gone twice since haven't you yeah thank you and thank, thank you. you for the coupon code you give our listeners yes oh no problem uh, oh i guess Grand i should muffins Grand um, muffins yeah uh, and go to Coral. i guess i should have said where you go to buy the tickets <laughs> you, just yes. you, just, yeah. you just google brand muffins <laughs> It'll yeah come yeah <laughs> so, uh, it's like a little breadcrumb trail you follow the crumbs of Alexa, brand muffins. play brand muffins <laughs> um boardintheusafilm.com it'll take you right to the ticket site Bram Muffins is the promo code and hopefully I think you guys will probably post a link with the episode yes hopefully. oh yeah so we haven't agreed on that we'll discuss it yes <laughs> let's see how the ice cream is made guys yeah. let's discuss it <laughs> no that's great man yeah we happy to help you promote the, awesome. the premiere Thanks. yeah uh, anybody listening that wants to go support local filmmakers you gotta get out there and support Mike um, I'm super excited I you sent me a link to watch the film. I'm not going <laughs> to yeah. lie to you. I haven't had a chance Sorry, to watch it yet. Man. But the fact that you're at the Senator, I really want to see it with a yeah. crowd. I really want to see it on the screen. It's a huge accomplishment for you. I'm super proud of you, man. Like, Thanks, buddy. Number one, that's amazing. I appreciate Senator that. Theater. Not many yeah. local filmmakers get to do that. Right. I don't want people at all. Mm-hmm. But yes. thankfully, I know one now, and you'll be there, and I'll be there to help celebrate, and hopefully some of our listeners can can join us. Yes. Are you going to take a picture where you're like under the marquee pointing up or something like that? I hope I hope they put it, they did that for Bump Fest. They put it on the marquee. Mm-hmm. So I hope they do that um this time. I hadn't really, really thought cool, about man. that. But yeah, yeah, they do. You need to make that happen, man. Yeah, that's, please that's do. Big. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a forever hope, photo. Yes. Yeah, you guys brought it up now I'm going to be disappointed if it doesn't happen. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I'm sure you can make it happen. Yeah, yeah. The guys really nice over there. So I think they probably will, yeah. but they yeah, for Bump Fest they did it all week. But yes. Mm-hmm. June seventh. June seventh. Board in Is there any other filmmakers locals playing? Before oh, yours? thank you. Yes. Yeah, so instead of trailers, we're going to show Such two pro, local Steve. short films. Thank Such you, Steve. Um, yeah, uh, Bob Rose and uh, Max Levine, two Baltimore guys, uh, nice. have really uh, quirky, funny short films. So instead of eighteen minutes of the. 
uh, new Gabrielle Union trailer. Um, <laughs> we're going to get two local filmmakers. Tough decision to make, but I think. Yeah, yeah. And Bob Rose is a, is a friend of the show who's Absolutely. been on the show. So, I, yes. I, I feel I, like we quote him yeah. every episode. I or always so. look forward to when you take questions or Facebook posts. Yes. Because I know He's that got he great will ones. have He will stuff. go nuts. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of Max Levine. I've done something for one of his shorts mm-hmm. before. I'm a big fan of Was Max. it seafood? It was. Uh, the invite, the invitation. Damn, not the invitation. Forget the name. That Mumblegore classic. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ, man. I was in it. Okay, I, it's like starring in it. I think the juxtaposition okay. between these movies like, is going to be fun. Yeah. Like it's a good bill. It's like I love that the theme is local filmmakers. Yeah, and otherwise there's there's <laughs> there's no theme. You know? Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, well maybe two handers is is the is Max's a two hander? Yeah, I guess like with the both of their films, like broad uh, um, Bob's movie's a little broader and just like quirky fun. It's like insane. it's actually yeah. his most accessible movie that he's oh, showing, and yet um, still insane. <laughs> yeah, it's still bananas. Uh, but uh, yeah, Max is definitely, it's a little weirder, it's a little quirkier, but it's also like one of those movies, it's not really a comedy, and it's not really a drama. It also has stand-up comedy in it, and mm-hmm. you know, we have stand-up comics in our movies, so I think there's uh, enough of a tie-in there. But it really is just like a celebration of local film, and mm. I... I um, yeah, especially like with Max because he's a little bit younger. His dream is to play at the Senator. So, um, yeah, the fact that we can help make that happen. Like, I'd rather do that. Hell than yeah. That's great. Yeah. And the that promotion. That's the name of it. Sorry. The promotion? The promotion. Is, the is that when you're driving in the car? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah that's yeah. Max Levine's. Oh, okay. That was cool. good. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, you, Thanks, were, you were good in that. You were very good in it. I'm Thanks, being man. serious in general. No, I, really? I mean, like you, yeah. you really were. Thank yeah, you, man. I like. I, know, Max. I remember how excited you were about it, and I was like, yeah. "Oh God, I'm gonna watch this. I gotta mm, be honest with you." I was like, "No, dude, you were. I mean, you're a good guy. Thanks, in man. many ways. So, I mean, <laughs> I just I know that Steve was really trying to compliment you, but that <laughs> dude, is that's like, so like yeah. But <laughs> that's like when you after somebody said, "Is he a good comedian? He's a really nice guy. Yeah, man. yeah. yeah Ronald, you're such a good <laughs> guy. No, you're you're a good guy. You're a guy who is good at so many things. Yes." Good, not in nature, but in skills. Thank you. And man. We're not going to be able to get you for this acting. show before long. Oh saying. man, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have my Donald Glover moment. We're I'm hanging on to you as long as we can. Yes, out of here. I get, is there going to be an episode 217 for Ronald? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Even though it was already recorded, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> nobody knows. <laughs> Ronald's going to blow up by Friday and make you cut him out of the next. No, episode. this is going to be that Take thing. Take me out. This is going to be the. I, I, I'm being optimistic now. It's going to go the opposite way. There's going to be some moment where you're nominated for an award mm-hmm. and they're mm-hmm. going to be like why didn't he come to the ceremony and they're going to say he was back in baltimore recording his podcast that he oh, has man. not stopped doing that could have 20 years or something like that That could have you know thank mm. you I, I like that in that hypothetical scenario you have a regimented enough ske- schedule <laughs> yeah. you're like he can't miss wednesday let's be yes. honest it's though. every wednesday let's be honest though he would have absolutely forgot when we were recording <laughs> <laughs> man he, he would have shown up that way. He would like, be up giving uh, the Thursday. speech. He'd be up giving the speech saying, oh, shit, I want to thank Steve and John. Oh, no. Oh, no. That Wait, day, we were doing what's list tonight? The day that I forgot to come <laughs> is one of my most shameful moments. Oh, man. I can hear what the rage. Great, what a great I, night. I can hear the rage in your voice. You were just like, fuck. <laughs> what the fuck? That was another. I also had pneumonia and didn't know it. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. It was good stuff, man. Yes. It was snowing. It was good. It was stuff. Just a we lot have of fun. Factors. It was a lot of fact. I apologize retroactively. Apologize. <laughs> God, man, I felt so bad about that. You were like, hey, where, where you at? I'm like, 
I'm home, man. Oh, oh. oh shit. <laughs> Fuck. I'm in Laurel. Steve's like, well, I'm at John's. <laughs> oh, and God. Ron's like, weird. What are you doing there? Yeah. <laughs> Recording. Just have an emergency meeting with that. <laughs> God, oh, man. Well, mm. don't forget June 7th. Yeah. Be it, oh, be man. It I'm going to put this on okay? my, my phone right now because I'm going to buy it. That's right. I feel like Ronald turned into Michael Winslow this episode. With the sound got the sounds, man. He's good with uh, that too. You really are good at everything. Yeah, see? Thank you, get, you, you are a comedian. Good guy. Podcast. <laughs> Noises. Shitty impressions of computers. <laughs> so good at it. Oh man, this was this was really yeah. fun. Yeah, thanks this for coming on. Fun. Thank you really so much for having, having me, guys. I was awesome. with us. Uh, episode two sixteen's in the can. You can find us on movieshmovie.com, facebook.com slash movieshmovie if you want to just stream it right from our page. Uh, otherwise. Whatever your choice uh, podcast platform is, we should be there. If we're not, let us know so that we can try to get on there. And whatever it is, if you can like us, rate it, star it, whatever it is to let them know that you're listening and what you think of the show, mm-hmm. <clears throat> we really appreciate it. And hopefully it helps maybe some other people find us as, oh, a, yeah. as a new podcast to subscribe to. Uh, again, June 7th, Board in the USA at the Senator Theater. Starts at 7 o'clock. Hmm? You can go to Board in the USA film.com to order tickets with the Promo code brand muffins, plural. Uh, get a sweet deal uh, on the the premiere of the film at the Center Theater, and uh, we'll see you guys in a couple weeks with episode two seventeen. Yes. And uh, as always, you made our day. <laughs> Bye. Bye.